Hello, everyone, and welcome to Girl, Did You Watch? I'm Maddie. And I'm Cindy. And we're your hosts. Hey, Maddie. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? It's like we're in person, so this is different. It's um, it's real this time. I, know. I often think that it would be so much better in person, but I feel like we're so giggly. <laughs> Um, and I think it's because we're not together in person. If we were, then we probably wouldn't be so giggly. But it makes for a really happy episode. Yay. Um, okay. So Maddie has had quite an adventurous past 10 days, if you will. We took a vacation, a family vacation, to good old North Carolina with my kids and husbands. And it was everything you can imagine it was. <laughs> And we're going to leave it at that. Maddie, now, after having spent 10 days with us, do you still want kids? I've had long and serious thoughts about this in the car rides home. And it's TBD. Kids are beautiful and lovely, and um, especially your kids. They're great. But uh, they're a lot of work. If you don't know, kids are a lot of work. <laughs> so we'll get back to you in a couple of years on that. Oh, my God, to say the least. Also, I forgot to mention that then my girl trooped with me from D.C. to New York City. So here we are recording this pod this week in person, and it is amazing. Also, we got to watch all of our shows together this week, too. So this is a super duper special recap episode um, for twofold reasons that I just said. (laughs) Sorry, it's also like really late at night. I just put my kids down. I'm dolo without my husband and my two kids. So your girl is tired, but still hella excited to be here. Hella. Hella. Hella excited. Um, Yeah, we finally got to watch shows together, which we haven't done in so long. I think usually we're just texting each other. So I'm excited to recap what we watch. So we're going to be doing or discussing one movie that we watched, which was highly anticipated for us, which was Zola. And then we're going to talk about Gossip Girl, the new revamp 2021, which I still don't know how I feel about it, but we'll get into it. So Cindy, kick us off with a little synopsis of what Zola was all about. If you can put it into so few words. Girl. Okay, so quick backstory on Zola. So as you know, Zola was released in theaters only, in limited theaters, and then I guess it didn't sell or do as well, and so they removed it from theaters, and that is why Janelle Monae hosted a viewing party last week. And so if you follow us on Instagram, you know we were hella hyped for that viewing party. I don't know what all the logistics was. In my mind, I thought that I could log into Apple TV, buy or rent the movie for 24 hours, and that was the live stream. I was incorrect. It was like a Zoom view thing with limited tickets or whatever it was. And it was sold out when we went to go watch it. So I was highly disappointed. Then I was so happy because after a quick Google search, it was available for streaming on demand Friday. So we were still in North Carolina and we were really upset that we couldn't live stream with the rest of our friends on Twitter. So we apologize for that. But now I know and lesson learned it will not happen again. Okay. That was a very long backstory to Zola. 
So now Zola is about this girl from Detroit who is a server and on the side she strips for extra cash much respect and so for those of you who probably are listening to this pod already know that the movie zola was created from real life text chain that the real zola whose name is i guess azaria um tweeted in 148 tweets in 2015 which is crazy i thought it was like yesterday honestly like wow time what is time but anyway so on october 27th to be exact because the movie let us know that that is exactly when it happened so i you talk this detroit girl talks tells us the story about her and this bitch stephanie fell off and it happens over 48 hours and it is both tumultuous and amazingly beautiful <laughs> to watch i don't know i loved it but what were your initial thoughts so i really didn't know what to expect other than I was super excited for it because the tweets were phenomenal. Like, again, I read it, I think it's a summary all those years ago. Can't believe it was that long ago. But I remember being fascinated by the storytelling of these tweets because first of all, she had the energy to sit down and tweet everything out. And again, everything that went down, but I didn't know how they were going to put this into movie form. Um, so I thought it was pretty well done there. I think, you know, we discussed there are obviously some parts that probably seemed a bit um, exaggerated because there were just parts of the story that she didn't know about, you know, when she wasn't physically there and present. Um, and I thought it was well done. I liked the acting. I thought everybody did a good job in their role. And I, there were definitely a lot of points in the movie that I was like, wait what like on the edge of my seat didn't know what was gonna happen so um i was definitely left in shock <laughs> multiple times so i thought it was i thought it was interesting yeah i thought it was interesting too i actually the type a in me really came out when we were watching it because i pulled up the 448 tweets just to compare and contrast the accuracy of the movie and i must say they did a really phenomenal job it was pretty on par there were a couple of, a couple of things that got embellished because you got to fill in the gap somehow right. and i thought the casting was also really well done like taylor page as Zola was really good um I, i'm i'm a fan of hers now so and she's also dating what's-his-face, so, like, I guess I'm a fan now, in spite of that. Oh, yeah, Jesse Williams, right? Yes. Um, who, where I'm at in Grey's Anatomy recaps, uh, really stepped up. He, like, went from boy to man in a season, so good for him. Um, so, yeah, as Cindy mentioned, Taylor Page played Zola, so I really hadn't seen her in anything else. Um, apparently, she was also in White Boy Rick, which was a movie that I did want to see that was in the past year, and um, a couple episodes of Ballers. She actually was also in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, I wonder if that that's how her, her and uh, Mr. Mr. Avery met. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there is um, Stephanie was played by Riley Kioff. Um, she was also in The Girlfriend Experience. And then um, the boyfriend, Derek, was played by Nicola Braun, who I know from Succession, which I know your husband watches. And, and in a tweet, his name was Jarrett. So that's something that they changed. Obviously, they're not going to keep everyone's name, but. That is an interesting detail to change, though, because 
it's in a tweet a public tweet so they know his name yeah i don't know maybe like legal rights he doesn't want to be a part of you know i don't know that's true who knows and then the guy who played it was interesting because i know they named the guy that she there's a character in the movie that she doesn't know his name for the first like 24 hours yeah yeah so like that and that i won't know his name for the next 48 hours and then this woman won't speak for another right like what yeah so they listed his name as just x um and so his he is coleman domingo um he's in fear of the walking dead and he was in euphoria ma rainey's black bottom and a lot more so he's been around he's been in the game for a minute so i think there's a chance we've probably seen him in things so that's it for the cast yeah i mean they also if you watch the movie you know the guy that ends up being um that tries to stick him up at the end he's also really popular i, I forget what movie he's in but he's been in a few things too but he was he was pretty funny actually i don't know if he added if he added the like dramatic suspense because i think he's been in a lot more comedies and i'm like this is silly <laughs> but okay so let's talk about the movie so um i again so i followed the tweets and i know what some of the things like they they veered off a little bit from the tweets where it didn't really change the whole story, but for example, the relationship between Derek and the guy at the motel where they're staying in the tweets. I mean, we don't learn all of that because Zola's not there. So they like made that whole exchange up, um, you know, to like, I guess, make it seem that more information was shared than just like kicking the can in front of a motel, right? Like they went to the store together. They, they kept seeing him on the sidewalk. Um, so I feel like that didn't really matter to the point of the story outside of Derek probably just spoke, said too much, right? Like he's loose lipped and Z knew that or X, whatever his name was, um, which they did also change from the tweets. In the mm. tweets, I think it was Z. Um, and in the movie, it was X. The other thing that was notable was in the hotel room, in the tweets, when Stephanie started, um, you know, doing the in calls, they made it seem like Zola was literally right next to them when it happened. I mean, in the tweets, Zola said that it was literally like she started fucking this old white man right next to her. And in the movie, Zola was like kind of on the other side of the partition. So I thought that was weird and why the effect of that. One huge thing that they did leave out was towards the end when they're all in the hotel and Derek has that panic attack and throws up. In the tweets, if you remember, Zola says that the pimp actually calls Stephanie over and has her giving him a blowjob in front of Derek and then turns her around and they have sex in front of like Derek and Zola. So they didn't, they left that out completely. And I thought that was really important to the movie because it shows how much of a dirt bag this pimp is, right? I wonder if, because in the movie, so Derek is basically in love with Stephanie, who he believes is just a stripper, but she's really tricking herself out for this pimp. So I wonder if for the movie's sake, instead of it being 
so much of a focus that her physical body could belong to somebody else, quote unquote, belong to somebody else. They really honed in on the fact that Derek or her boyfriend was like so in love with her, like as a person. I wonder if that's why. Um, that's the only thing because I feel like they kept doing this symbol, this um, thing, and that's what they replaced them doing all that sexual stuff with that, which is like what would hurt them, and that is also embellished. That was never a part of Zola's tweets. Yeah, I wonder if they just again had to like they. I feel like if you go through the tweets, it was certainly a wild story. But if you're going to put it on screen, they're like, okay, something's missing a little here. You got to give the characters some type of small development. Yeah, Yeah, give them more depth for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, and Zola doesn't know all of these people personally that deeply anyway. So, yeah, I thought that was a good, I guess, creative direction that they took, if you will. Two claps for that. (laughs) So, girl, did you know? that I went through a rabbit hole Googling about all this. One huge missing piece, and maybe they're just leaving it open-ended for a part two, but the movie ends with them being driven, presumably, to the airport to go back home. In the tweets, Zola does continue to say that she, a few weeks later or whenever, sometime later, she gets a phone collect phone call from Stephanie from prison and she discloses that, you know, her and Z got caught and that he had warrants out for his arrest. And so they're in the pen and she needs Zola to call Jarrett in the movie. It's Derek um, so that he can bail her out. And Zola replies with, I think you have the wrong number. <laughs> and hangs up. Turns out this guy is a sex trafficker and has all these arrests out for also killing people and is obviously a huge criminal. So I say all that to say that in the movie, they cut to an October 30th where it's Stephanie's point of view. And these are tweets that Stephanie put out. And no, they never went viral, but obviously they did their job and they found those. And I thought that was really interesting. So I had to dig a little deeper. And it turns out that Stephanie ended up saying that she had no idea who this pimp was and everything that was going on. And so I think in order to see YA, she had to put those tweets out and essentially deny everything because she has a daughter in real life, you know, like, and needed to go back home. Thoughts? That's wild. So as we were watching the movie, yes, we're getting 95% of the stories from Zola's mm-hmm. perspective and her tweets. And then, yeah, at some point, I can't remember, I think it was probably like a little more than halfway through, mm-hmm. they say they cut it almost like the movie abruptly ends, but they go at Stephanie and it's from her perspective. And Cindy and I were just looking at each other like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> we had no idea this was going to happen. So yes, I appreciate you going down this rabbit hole. And I appreciate whoever dug up those tweets because that is... That is hard work. Um, Phenomenal journalism. (laughs) Right. Um, Guess I'm not surprised by this garbage human being who is sex trafficking humans through a system. I feel bad if Stephanie truly didn't know. I think either way I feel bad for her because if that 
the decision for you to do whatever you want with your body is your decision and yours alone, then that's one thing. But very much so in the movie, it did not seem that this was her first choice. Like she felt like she needed to do it to survive and make a living. And because this man had threatened her life multiple times. So I think either way, if she knew about it or if she didn't, she was just not in a good predicament at all. I really hope she's doing all right, to be honest. I hope her and Zola are both okay. Um, her daughter is okay. Her baby girl, who is probably now like six or seven, and might read about this one day. That's a great point. I hadn't <laughs> thought about the poor child. Enter mom mode. Enter mommy Cindy into the chat. <laughs> mom mode is on and it's it's right no that's right i hope i hope that child is okay i hope everybody is okay because this story was insane i just don't i don't know how a lot of these people could have walked away in real life not being traumatized in some form or fashion oh yeah everything i mean zola was clearly traumatized i mean she was all the way good (laughs) like so crazy i mean i can't imagine what that would be like oh my goodness poor everyone involved like wow i did tell say to cindy at one point there was a point in the movie i don't even know what had had just happened but i was watching it and in my mind all i could think about was thank god i'm experiencing this through a film and not in real life yeah. because a lot of people do have they do what they need to survive and For they sure. end up in crazy predicaments that they really can't get out of especially when somebody's threatening your life and your well-being so i was fascinated to watch it also just very thankful that i was watching it on a screen and have no idea what this could be like in real life because that shit was crazy and again from zola's perspective she was like dang i signed up for a quick weekend away to strip and make some money and do what i gotta do and get back home safely in one piece she had no idea that this was what she was gonna be led down to but also what the fuck zola how irresponsible. You just met this woman and then she's telling you that her roommate is a guy and this is her man and he's in the back seat. All the red flags, sis. All the red flags to turn around. How much money you thought you were going to make? Three grand? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I if I could do it, but she made it. <laughs> Thank God she had her wits about her, but I agree. The red flags were there. Also, we realized they drove from Detroit to Fordham. I don't know how much money somebody would have to offer me to get in a car to drive again, because yes, maybe you're making a couple thousand, but think about all that time for all that. You could have just been working your job and stripping at home and been comfortable in your own apartment with your own man that she had like in a safe space, not with strangers. It's his, it was risky, risky business. I'm not saying she deserves anything that happened to her, but it's just, again, red flags, red flags red flags read the room says read the room but overall it was hella entertaining like oh my god girl watch with a glass of wine to take the edge off and any potential triggers maybe a bottle of wine now that i see because it's a 90 minute movie so it was a lot and they got intense really early on you know i'm always down for a glass of bottle and glass and bottle of wine with a movie um, but definitely highly anticipated and I'm glad we watched together. Me too. Um, because I don't know if I could have watched it alone. I probably would have kept turning it off. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think having the interaction with you, like and talking about things and because like you said, you were um, referencing the past tweets and stuff that was super helpful. I kept um, asking you, I'm like, wait, did this happen? Did this happen? Please clarify these things. So I think if I watched by myself, I would have sat through it. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I definitely had to pull up the tweets and add like some comedy to this because it was it was definitely dark as F. (laughs) Yeah, a lot more dark than I expected, I think, for Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, definitely. Still a good watch. Definitely watch it, girl. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I was going to say, let's take a little pivot, a 180 pivot, but this isn't really that far fetched from Zola. I feel like, obviously, it's a different setting, a different city, but they're also doing some dark, triggering stuff on this show. Um, and of course, we're talking about none other than Gossip Girl, the reboot on HBO Max. Um, HBO Max, sorry, tangent, is winning because like, well, obviously we have HBO Max and Disney Plus and Disney Plus with this premiere access, I, I just can't deal. I just, I cannot, like I already pay for the monthly subscription. Thank you, HBO, for understanding that the monthly subscription should pay for all of these extravagant movies. Like, what are we really doing? (laughs) Just wild. So let's talk about Gossip Girl, the reboot. Obviously, if you're an OG like us, you watched the Gossip Girl OG cast with Blair and Serena, a.k.a. Blake Lively. (laughs) (laughs) They're Blair and Serena and Dan to me, you know, so and Chuck, and this was, but like, what, 2004, 2005, on the CW. And so what I love about HBO Max's take is that they don't try to, like, reinvent the wheel. They just go, you know, it's 2021, and this is the new gen, and this is what it would look like in 2021. Um, Initial thoughts? Yeah, so I agree. I appreciate... I appreciate the the difference like they actually acknowledge i think they even mentioned quarantine at one point so they're very much acknowledging that it is the year 2021 and they even mentioned past cast members to say hey we realized that that was a different era of gossip girl and we're gonna bring it into the new to the new year and these hip cool kids are just going to be more trendy and in line with 2021 and the technology and all that stuff um, so I did appreciate that. And I do, I, Cindy and I, wait, we watched this together again. So exciting. Yes. I miss our days of watching so much TV together, which is why we started this podcast. <laughs> um, but I think I appreciate, you know, them not doing necessarily cast member for cast member, but I know I've said to you, I, I keep recognizing things that they're pulling from the past seasons into the new um, to the new characters, like the main girl, um, Julianne, you know, she has her two sidekicks and there's just like a lot of similarities between some of these people that I, I think I'm just, I'm still in that mindset of who are they trying to match up to who, but I think I have to remind myself that it is a new show. It's a new cast and stuff. So, um, I think I like it. Um, some of it's a little, like you said, it's a bit much, I think, because it's on HBO, they push the limits a lot, you know, and I'm, 
I guess I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent approved, but I'm definitely like more old school and I get, do get uncomfortable with like certain sex scenes and stuff. And then all I can think about is these are supposed to be teenagers and that feels and I know obviously the actors themselves, I don't think they are I actually haven't looked up like their ages or anything, but it makes me uncomfortable because I just feel like I'm watching underage inappropriate things. At least with the first Gossip Girl, there was a lot of allusion to things and they would definitely push the envelope and our envelope has gotten pushed to the extremes. I mean, it's then. been like 15 years. But Right, exactly. So a lot has happened. Sure. And I, you know, I obviously understand that kids are out here having sex. It's like a, a real, a reality, a realistic like aspect of it. But a reality. Um, it kind of, that part makes me uncomfortable. I agree. I think that, you know, as a mom, um, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, I suppose, you know. <laughs> but as a kid growing up in New York City myself, it seems right on brand. <laughs> Cindy was in the clubs early. I, mean, um, I don't like to bring up my past, um, but <laughs> it, it seems right on Brad and it seems pretty accurate. I can only imagine what it's like now, right? Like I know it from back then. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what it's like now. I'm talking 20 years ago at this point, right? So God knows what all yeah. right. So I, I think that what I love the most is that they're still trying to keep it original. I think that there was something about the original cast members personalities and characteristics that clearly were like a hook for people. And that's why they're trying to bring that back into this one, because there's something there that is still like really like mm -hmm. driving people to keep watching, right? Like we binged the first two episodes until like mm -hmm. 1 a.m. Because after the first one, I was like, oh, yeah. we got to watch the second one. Am I, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. And I do appreciate that they brought, like, I think, like you said, the aspects of the characters that really hooked people, I think those points of it, because I think it's very easy to see or think that these people in these very elite positions and just, I mean, they're, they're loaded from the day that they were born. Um, and to see that some of them actually have a heart and like good aspects about them and stuff. I think there's a lot of um, TV shows and movies that as soon as, you know, you're born into this elite society that you're just automatically a terrible person. <laughs> um, and, you know, high school wars are kind of the worst sometimes. Right. So I think it just gets perpetuated in that kind of scenario. So I think to show and highlight that a lot of these kids are, they're good and they're just kids. They're just trying to get through life this with just a lot more resources mm -hmm. than a lot of us right. have. They're like, one can say that they're issues could even be amplified because they have so many more resources to do more damage. So we're good. Well, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going to say, because there's key, key aspects that, you know, I know that people, I imagine you grow up in New York city. I think you have to grow up. You grow up very differently a, than the majority of the country. And I think it, pushes you to grow up a little faster from what I've seen. You just have a lot more responsibility. You're on a lot, you're on your own a lot more, I think. And it's just because that's the way that the city is set up. So I think that um, this is again, just like an extreme version of that because yes, maybe you were going out, I'm saying that in quotes, like a bit more and maybe had like a bit more of a social life because there were more things mm -hmm. to do than say upstate New yep. York. But I think it 
again, the things that blow my mind are like them clubbing on like a Tuesday night. And that like and everyone like, at school knows that like the teachers know, the teachers frequent the club. Yeah. That was, okay, so that is, okay, so let's talk about that. So one of those, that's fascinating. They also did that in the original Gossip Girl too. Like, you know, money talks. So if they have the money to do that, they can, right. like they'll just show up wherever yeah. they can. Um the other thing that I thought was really interesting was like the Ubering everywhere or what was it like Uber X, all the references, <laughs> the different like tiers of Uber. Yes, because back then, remember Chuck Bass used to show up in a limo everywhere. Oh, he had he a just driver. had his car. He had a driver. Service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very rare. Dan was always in cabs. But even that, like, he was never really on the train. I get also, like, filming. That makes it easier. But it is hilarious. The Uber, you always get Uber Black, never get just a regular Uber. Like, shame on you if you get a, I don't think I've ever gotten an Uber Me Black. Either. <laughs> Me either. And she goes, oh, this is a regular Uber. We can talk in here. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because to be honest, I'm sure those Uber Black drivers, they know who they're carting around. And they're, like, you know, they're the little spies. Um, which honestly isn't a bad way to make a buck if you need to, you know? <laughs> as many as many thinks of side hustles to take on. Yeah, I'm like, do I have a nice, I don't have a car, but like if I did, should I invest in a nice one to Uber black? People if you Uber, might as well be black. I'm sorry. Might as well. Might as um, well. The, I think the biggest, like, um, I, I don't know, I guess the biggest shock for this, version mm -hmm. of Gossip Girl is that we already know who the Gossip Girls are. And so a lot mm -hmm. of the suspense in the OG was that like, we just didn't know who it was going to be. And after the end of every season, we thought it was somebody and then it kind of wasn't, you know, like kind of like Pretty Little Liars or whatever that was. Like it, like it kept hooking you on every season. So in this mm -hmm. reboot, we know it's the teachers. Whoa. Yeah. So I just don't know. I guess they got to make I, what I think is that they're going to create a lot more melodrama within the cast members. Um, or maybe it's going to rotate per season because I don't know if it's going to be as suspenseful if we already know who Gossip Girl is. It was interesting when we didn't know because then we're like, oh, maybe Blair is airing out the secrets or maybe, you know. Right, because you would have to speculate based so on much. the information that they know, who was where, how they even worded it. Like if Serena and Blair were on the outs, that's maybe when Blair, you know, more things were coming out about Blair, so you, or about Serena. So you think, oh, is it Blair, like you said? Or if there's more things about Dan, like, well, it couldn't be Dan, you know, those kinds of things. So I agree. To be honest, I hadn't really thought about that. I think mostly because what I remember most about um, Gossip Girl and it's the toxic relationship was Blair and Chuck. So that's all I focus on, especially with the new one. I There is a character on there who, um, what's his name? Wolf. Yeah. Um, now I'm blanking on his name. But he, um, oh, Max yeah. Wolf. So he's obviously supposed to be a Chuck-like person who's, like, very sexual and, like, talks with that whispery kind of voice. So that's all and I was like, very sexually fluid and, like, very popular yeah. and daring. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And very much not giving a fuck, basically, because he knows he can get away with it kind of thing. He's rich. Which, yeah. You so know. he's using his power right. for exactly. selfish reasons. I won't say evil, but very selfishly. Yeah. Yeah, it's very selfish. So I think I've just been focused on that. But no, I think that you bring up a good point. And I do think it's so interesting because it's kind of like one of those situations where 
um, you know, if the people that you're, I guess, quote unquote, working with or just around are like playing dirty, then you have to kind of up your game and play at their level because the whole reason they started it was they felt the teachers felt like they needed to gain control. And the best way to do that was to make these students scared of like everything that they say and do, which in my mind, I'm like, how much are y'all getting paid? I know that we need teachers. I know it's not easy to pick up and go somewhere else, but you have now started an account to basically, it's like, it is kind of like a form of harassment and stalking of like of your students and some of the pictures that they posted already. I'm like, this is troublesome. Again, it's just at least when it was like Gossip Girl, right? We didn't know or old Gossip Girl. We didn't know who it was. And it turns out it was a fellow yeah like back then it was a form of it was a gossip column but now it's just weird that it's full-on grown-ass adults with like actual degrees and teaching these kids smiling in their faces just to get a little bit of power it's just like how well are we gonna stoop here you know i think that's another thing that i've been thinking about i'm like because it from the get they came out swinging they took pictures somebody took pictures of kids that were like their students basically like half naked in somebody's house and so i'm like where else could this go how how deep are we about to get and yeah will they ever get caught the teachers ever get caught i agree i think that it w- i mean they said even the teacher when the teacher took that picture of them he's like okay this is really icky i feel really 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 icky for even having taken this but here you go but like i mean he still took it <laughs> Also, how, again, I know that these teachers kind of know what is up with the students. And now they kind of, since their Instagram is now, um, like, blowing up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, verified. They get tips and stuff. Oh, wait, okay. Something um, I forgot to mention was, okay, so HBO is releasing weekly episodes of Gossip Girl. And they they just aired episode four tonight, I think, or last night, midnight. And so we've only watched Mm -hmm. the first two. Um... And we're going to watch yeah. the next two for the next recap. So we ended it where, um, if you all remember, they had the fallen out. Julianne had the fallen out with her boyfriend. And now it seems that he's going to be dating Zoya, which I feel is so icky. Can we talk about that? Like I know yeah. like this is your half-sister who you have matching tattoos with, who you moved across the state for from buffalo shout out buffalo shout out buffalo buffalo um this is my other problem with shows like this that have such a like an ensemble cast is that inevitably characters are going to get together i was shocked that it happened by the second episode so soon because it was it was not only just weird, I understand that. So technically, Julian and Zoya, yes, they're half-sisters. They've, they're long-lost half-sisters. They've been in communication. They came up with this whole plan so they can be together and, like, get to know each other. Blah, blah, blah. And they have matching tattoos. I know. It's such a beautiful storyline within itself, right? Like, And then it's like, this shit. Like, what? Why does it always have to be a guy or a love interest too? I think that's what else is frustrating because I'm like, of course it's a fucking guy that gets, he didn't technically like get in between them. I think regardless, um, Julian and Obi would have split 
you know, they're a young love story. They're, you know, they're hormonal. and yeah, They're teenage, formative teenage years. I agree. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that, I mean, the way that we ended this episode too, it almost seemed like Julianne was like, okay, let her do her. Like, I get it. I know why Obi doesn't want, you know, love me anymore because that's not who I am anymore. But I a thousand, like, mm-hmm. I hope that the storyline rises above that, right? Because, yeah, what the fudge? Like, First of all, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not doing that to any of my sisters. My sisters aren't doing that to me. Yeah. Also, considering everything else that Zoya has going on, I'm like, you don't have time to focus on this little boy right now. And I know this is, again, coming from women who have gone through our own teenage years and, um, like, our 20s. And, you know, we feel like hindsight is 2020. I'm not saying that I have not been influenced by boys in the past, but I think that's what is so frustrating. And again, to see it portrayed when they have such a strong story about these half sisters meeting and having the opportunity to build a relationship, even if it's going to be rocky, obviously, but like, why, why do we have to get a guy involved and already like, this was just off the jump. Again, we're only two episodes in and there's already a guy that's like, quote unquote, in between them. And it's just so frustrating. Like, Like, why? There are other relationships that they can focus on as well. There's other people in relationships. Agreed. And it doesn't always revolve around a love interest. I think it's a lot of also, like, self-identity. They lost their mom, who neither of them really know. And so, right? Like, so it's just, that was hella frustrating. I'm choosing to ignore it. Because I also don't think Obi is handsome. Like, I don't, I think they could have picked a better cast for him. I don't think, but I guess that's the point. I'm not sure. Um, I will say Zoya's beautiful. She gives me all of the feels from Yahara Shahidi, I think I said, from Gronish and Blackish. Yeah. yeah, she looks like her a lot. Also, Julian is beautiful. I love her. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Makes me want to shave me my head, too. even though I know oh, I could my... never pull me it off. Me too. I'm like, this This skull will never pull it off. I mean, have you seen herself? No. <laughs> but she, oh my God, just, I mean, her jawbone, she is flawless. Goodness gracious. Yeah. She, she is. And I will say um, another thing that's kind of just really, you know, shows a change in time is, so Julian is an influencer Mm -hmm. and her dad is a record producer. So she has, you know, a major platform. She's very trendy, but also very nice, very much like you've pointed out a very much a Serena, Mm -hmm. you know, has a spotlight on her, but also has a good heart. And people are attracted to her good energy and, you know, everything she brings to the table. And her style, her, again, her opinions, what she's about, which I totally, I get it and I see it. So one of the things that I find interesting that they've tied into this era, you know, this new age of teenagers and Gen Zers is that um, Julian, who has the, these two sidekicks, basically, who are very much reminds me of the two sidekicks that Blair would have, but these aren't just like just her hype girls and yes, women, they are legit her basically like PR and like marketing consultants. Like there's money discussions about when she should post things, when she should post stories, how it will affect her image. So Julian is truly a brand in high school with her two friends assisting her in this brand strategy for herself. And I was, it's just a very interesting take because again, it's very much the sidekick roles that these two girls are playing. 
but with knowledge about media strategy and brand strategy. And that really is how I, I, again, an outsider looking in, how I think a lot of Gen Zers function is because they've been brought up on social media and Instagram and they know the aesthetic, they know their their quote unquote brand, they know what they're looking for, they know what they wanna engage in and how they wanna engage. And it's literally like their own personal brand. And it's just, it's I don't know why every time when those scenes come up, I'm just like, these girls are literally running her life like a brand. And it's weird to me, but I appreciate the thought behind those characters. No, it is like hella mind blowing. Also like super admirable, <laughs> right? Like imagine how, if we had this technology and this, you know, these this resource back in 04, 05. What? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't I can't even imagine. First of all, I just learned how to do TikTok and Reels. I mean, so I can't, this woman is like, yeah, you're right. She's running her whole platform. And so I, I'm, I'm super impressed. I also, it's also like um, a realization of how different the times are. Like by the time my daughter's in high school, like, what is that going to look like? Is it all just going to be like hologram zoom type meetings, you know, like, so yeah. it also kind of creepy in a way. I just feel very old trying to figure out like new technology and I feel yeah like things are warping up so quickly and I'm like wait remember when we used to like code in MySpace? I was like, a coder. What happened to that? I was a coder. Before <laughs> I, I agree. College, I was a I was coding coder. on my MySpace page. So yeah that is that is so that is super impressive. Sorry we went on a super tangent there but they are super impressive right. girls and you're right I think that the up the flip of that right because Blair had the two sidekicks and it wasn't and you know, mm -hmm. it was very much her brand as well. It was just not in the virtual world. It was like in the real That's world. True. And so the girls really helped her, like her, you know, develop her look and how she appeared and etiquette and all this stuff. So it's fascinating to see how, you know, the times have just changed because she's like, you're losing followers right now. You have to kill Gossip Girl, you know? And it's like, is this real life? Because some of that social media stuff mm -hmm. to me is still like not real life, especially because I have little kids. And so my whole world is like mm -hmm. Disney and Blue's Clues. And so like, you know, so when I come online, I'm like, okay, let me teach myself this. Oh, let me Google what this means. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the times, but it is really, really hard. And I'm always impressed yeah. by like these Gen Zers and whatever the next generation is going to be called that they just can adapt so quickly. And to your point, like they know what they want their brand to be and are very intentional about it. Where I'm still like, mm, nah, I don't, I don't feel blue today. I feel black, you know, or what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too no, multifaceted so to like have one brand. Like I have layers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just my Instagram page. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it definitely is how they've been brought up and it's just because of things like Instagram. So I'll, I'm very interested to see how, especially those two characters, like what else happens because now we're definitely getting into like what, you know, how they're going to try to not, I mean, push uh, Julian to do certain things and stuff like that. So do you have any predictions for what might happen? I think we, there's, you said there's 10 episodes. So I think there's 12 episodes. Yeah, so I think there's 12 oh. episodes for this season and they're gonna do the first six now and then take a break and then do release like a winter six. So I think number four aired out last night and they have two more. 
I so I don't know what the mid-season finale is. It's, I feel like it's just too soon to tell, but I am really intrigued, and I definitely think it's a good watch, especially if you are a fan of the original Gossip Girl. Um, I mean, girl, definitely watch with a glass of wine as well. So we were watching the worst case stuff. <laughs> also, I only watch TV at night after my kids are asleep, um, which you all know, having been listening to this pod. But. So it's not like I'm day drinking wine and watching TV, guys, okay? Um, Definitely watch at night with a glass of wine. Maybe with a girlfriend, if you can swing it, a girlfriend that you know has watched Gossip Girl because it was hella interesting comparing, right? We're like, wait, is this Blair? No, 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 wait. This is definitely Serena. But is she Blair or is she I don't think anybody who didn't watch the original cast and show would be interested at all in watching this because to be honest there are so many things like not all the acting is great like I feel like you know Euphoria definitely got that um the acknowledgement and that like really great storylines and actors I actually personally haven't watched it but um but I know that it got rave reviews. So I think it's just very different. So I think if you, yeah, if you hadn't watched the old one, I think it would be hard to watch. I don't know. I don't know. Because this is really for like 17 year olds, right? This is for like high schoolers. Um, okay. So I guess if you're older and didn't right, I watch, think if you didn't you watch the OG, you probably, and you're our age and you're an older millennial, yeah. you probably wouldn't be as interested in. Um, a thousand percent right. agree. But I think like as a high schooler in New York City, I'd probably watch this too if I could afford HBO Max. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a good point. But yeah, which my parents are hopefully paying. That's for what I'm saying. Day. So I hope I could <laughs> I could have access to watch it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But I definitely recommend. Definitely a Right? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching the next two of those to recap with you. We promise we won't go in this deep every time. We just wanted to kind of set the scene. So if you were on the fence about watching it, here is your invite. Go watch it. At least one episode. Give it a shot. <laughs> Let me know what you think about the bathhouses. And if you want to continue watching. <laughs> yes, I agree. So girl, is there anything else that you're watching? Girl. I have a crazy watch list that is hella ambitious, just like my daily goals with two little kids. Um, But I know that we've been talking a lot about some of our OG faves. So the challenge is coming back. Yes, the challenge is coming back. Yes, and my boo is on it. So we're definitely going to be watching that. Um, we hope that you will be too, because it's on MTV. I'm not paying for another subscription, so it'll be free-ish because you need, you know, you need, we have the one subscription that belongs to it, but I'm not paying for another separate subscription. So, right. right. So that, um, and Love is Blind. Yes. I am so pumped about Love is Blind. It is incredible. <laughs> like, I'm judging myself a little bit, mostly because it's giving me like nostalgic pre-pandemic like feels. So I watched it while I was on mm-hmm. maternity leave after Maddie like talked it up. She was like, no, it's really good. Oh you gotta gosh. watch it. I'm on maternity leave from my son, 2020. <laughs> and I binged the whole thing in one day. I literally called Maddie at 8 a.m. Hey, I'm about to watch this. And it was like six o'clock. So I watched all of Love is Blind. <laughs> So, so good. I'm so what they're gonna do is do like this reunion, I guess, 
and meet back up with all these couples. And first of all, what a freaking fascinating just social yes. experiment. And it's basically what people have been doing throughout the pandemic dating anyways. I, sometimes you guess you do get to see somebody's face virtually. Um, but I'm, I honestly kind of forgot about a lot of the other couples and stuff that kind of started out and then just didn't continue and like didn't end yeah. up together. So I'm super, super pumped as well. I think that comes out um, on the 28th. Okay. And I don't know if they're doing, it sounds like they might be doing episodes. Like it might be like, I don't think it's one. Oh. I don't think it's one special. I think there might be a couple, That's but awesome. we'll see. Oh, that would be even more epic. And now we just need a Tiger King season two. I need an update on what these <laughs> mofos are going through and then life will be complete. Okay. At least for a short period of time. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Forgot about Tiger King. Oh surprisingly, it's I don't know unforgettable how. and unforgivable. <laughs> um, okay. So, what are you oh watching, Maddie? Gosh. So, I haven't watched much, as you know. I've been fairly busy <laughs> with me um, and my kids, by the way. <laughs> um, but I did when I got home. I was like, oh, I meant to finish up uh, Sex Life, so I finished that. You know. I can't say that I would recommend it to be honest. Like I thought it was fine. Um, there is a lot of questions that I have about these people's decision-making and just the way that they go about life. It's not like in a judgmental way, I'm just confused. So, um, and I don't think to be honest, like the acting wasn't that great. Um, I didn't appreciate the wardrobe on these folks. Like it was very much trying too hard. And this one, one of the lead characters held, held on to a absolutely horrendous pink leather jacket for the entire thing. And it was like, supposed to remind her of her past that I hated. Um, also, it was frustrating because, and I'm sure this might have been, maybe it would have was because of the pandemic, but they didn't shoot in New York City. They shot it in Toronto and it was supposed to be in New York City. And that's also frustrating for me to watch. I don't, I appreciate when things are shot in New York City. So, and it wasn't, it wasn't necessary for the storyline. Y'all could have just said yeah. Toronto. Anyways, um, so it was, fine it wasn't great i think honestly it left a lot more of what the fuck moments than we needed so i would honestly if you get irritated by shows and stuff i would not recommend yeah, i so it was like trending top 10 on netflix forever so i think people are just mm -hmm. super like sultry horny type like i yeah. have also never seen those like 50 shades movies like those type of movies don't call for me it's like soft porn which is how i felt like zola actually kind of was a little bit soft pointish, mm -hmm. but I, the tweets were like what it was for me. So I gave that a try. But mm -hmm. those shows and movies like that, they don't really call me. I did watch the preview for Sex Life and I was like avidly annoyed at her because I'm like, just grow up, period. Right? Like, yeah, you live that life. It's a memory, right? You know, I don't know. It was just weird. I don't, shows like that don't call for me. I do get super aggravated at main characters that make poor decisions. Do you remember that show Weeds? I, yeah, I, didn't I, watch I stopped. It, but... I stopped. Like, I don't even know how I made it through three seasons because she was so frustrating. Like, I had to stop. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I probably won't give that one a try. Thank you uh, for pushing through and finishing that up for us. <laughs> well, I took one for the team, you know. Yeah. We appreciate that. You've been taking a view for my team. So, I, I love you, Unless yeah. You know that. You know that. I mean, I'm still watching my trashy TV, which is Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
And me and Evie do text recaps on that one because we just love to talk crap about that. So if you are a love and hip hop fanatic or Mona Scott or any of the characters, I definitely recommend a good watch because I think they're scripted, but they're still hella entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I want to say I feel like Hills at one point towards the end was quote unquote scripted as well, more so that they push you towards like a certain storyline. But I think a lot of the reactions. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the storylines and stuff are still kind of genuine. It's so funny. I used to watch Love and Hip Hop too, like years ago, and it was just so hard to keep up. I don't, but now I kind of want to, maybe I'll get back into it. But you know, my problem is, is when I go back and I'm like, oh, I'll start the show again. I can never just pick up as a current season. I'm like, I need to know how we got here. So I need to then go back to all these seasons. And that's intimidating. I mean, I don't know, Mona, but Love and Hip Hop does a really good job of like, putting the recap of why this person is mad at this person. So it's like it's been a few okay. seasons where it's the season premiere. And, you know, I'm going to use Rich Dahl as the, as the example because he has beef with everyone on every season. And so, you know, the Erica Mena example, she'd be like, no, he's a dirtbag. I'm not talking to him or whatever it is. And then they, boom, bring back in a black and white. They're like, this is what he did to her. <laughs> I love those. Bravo is also so great at those. The like the and they'll also do side by sides. Like this is exactly what you said, and this is you saying that you didn't say it. It's freaking phenom. I appreciate it so much because there is somebody working behind the scenes that either remembered specifically that conversation and or they have their all I keep thinking is I'm like the organization on these videos and episodes must be freaking. It's us. They have again, to hire fans or like interns that are fans, right? Like there's no way they all remember because they have these full lives and busy as shit, I'm sure. But get you an intern that's in college <laughs> and like, no, because in season six, episode three at about 42 minutes in, she said that she wasn't going to do that again. And look at her now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it side by side. <laughs> Man, if I would have known that that was an internship right? job back in the day. Right? <laughs> Talk about odd jobs, bro. Oh, my goodness. Uh, missed opportunity. All right. So I think, I think we're um, pretty- <laughs> So much. But wait, can I, in addition to Love is Blind, oh, just to put on oh, our yeah. radar, we have to know that F-Boy oh, Island God, is yes, starting. Oh, my at the end of this week too so this is i long overdue. know that long overdue because this is so much so many of our lives like in real life um i am excited to if you watch it which i think you will right yeah um i am excited to watch quote unquote alongside you because i think that you're a better reader of uh folks than I maybe am. So I'm like, honestly, so but the premise is that they're going to get these two, um, they're going to get three girls on this island with a group of guys. And then they have designated a group, some of these guys as good guys and some of these guys as F boys or fuck boys and who basically just want to toy around with their heart and don't want to settle down for shit. And um, the premise is that these girls are supposed to weed these men out, but there's no way of telling. Like they have to just go based on their interactions. Um, there, I think there might be some like competitions and um, possibly some money rewards involved, but they're they're there to find love and weed out the ones that will not be there for love. And all I could think about was <laughs> I'm gonna be sitting here like, oh, I love so and so because he seems so genuine, and Cindy will text me and be like. 
Bitch, no, that's not. He's not genuine. He's definitely a My fuck boy radar is definitely on point, I think, at least. Maybe because of my experience. <laughs> but I cannot wait. I'm going to be hella mad if I get any of them wrong. I'll tell you right now. But yeah. not too mad because I haven't dealt with a fuckboy in over 10 years. So it might be, yeah, but I can no. still spot it. I can still spot it. They call those come mierdas in Spanish. <laughs> What does that mean? Eat shitters. Oh, <laughs> shit eaters? I don't know. Probably shit eaters, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Now I hear it. Now I hear it. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited oh, to watch that for me? sure. Because okay. again, just a, another summer reality of bangers. chaotic show. banger. Let's call them bangers. Um, and yeah. to not know, at the end of this week on each. HBO, again, HBO is winning, okay? This is obviously not an endorsement. I pay for my monthly subscription. Um, <laughs> Romeo Santos' Kings of Bachata documentary comes out. And if you are Dominican or Hispanic and you live in New York, this one is for us, okay? So make sure you tune in. Again, I'm not endorsed by anyone, just a fan. Make sure you tune in. <laughs> Yes, I'm super excited for that too, Cindy. Introduced me to Bachata, so I'm super pumped. He's on our um, Dominican, great, so. Yeah. <laughs> great, great memories of uh, dancing in college in our New York City, um, early New York City days. So definitely pumped for that. So um, where can these people find us? Yeah, so y'all can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Girl Did You Watch. And on Twitter, we're usually um, just tweeting out our random thoughts about the shows that both of us are watching at any given moment in time. So just be on the lookout for those. Yes, it's been really hard to live watch. We've been watching a lot of like streaming stuff. So when some live TV comes back, well, we'll do some live tweeting again for sure, right? Most likely the challenge. For show the challenge. For sure. show the challenge. Maybe before, but definitely for the challenge. Hold us to that. Yes. Yeah. And Instagram is where we put out all of obviously like our announcements for episodes and anything else that we're watching, live watching, um, possibly some uh, video commentary on what we're watching. I think I'll have a lot of that, honestly, for Fuckboy Islands because I see myself watching it with a glass of wine and it, that's when my Instagram stories start to get real. So, um, or an Olivia Pope glass. <laughs> Yeah, and Olivia Pope glass for sure. Oh, Olivia Pope. So that's where you can find us. Um, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you guys are listening to us. And be sure to tell your friends, to tell their friends, to listen to us every other week now. And yeah, we're excited to continue our summer watches. I'm super pumped for what we're watching next. So me too, me too. Okay, Maddie, I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.